0: It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by j Contracting. Ready? Fight! Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Mador. From the studios of WATH. Excuse me, this is the
1: Sports Fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills, the mic alongside Joe Medore and Brad Walker on this second day of November, 6.06 on the clock and 43 degrees and kind of clear outside right here in southeast Ohio. Again, it's a sportsman presented by j k Contracting. The system jumped me a little bit. I want to open up the show a little bit cold. Uh, as we heard the news yesterday, as Troy shared on the Facebook group page, um, and, and I'll read a little bit of an excerpt from it uh, here today. Uh, but it is with great sadness to share that we lost one of the biggest fans and loyal supporters of sports on Power, uh, uh, at Power 105 and 970 WATH with the passing of Ken Woody Woodburn. Uh, he passed away peacefully at his home on Wednesday, Kenny was an avid listener to all of our sports programming and would tune in almost to every high school football game, coaches show, Reds games, and was a frequent caller to the sports fan and the Friday night postgame shows. Uh, so it was with great sympathy, and we uh, express our condolences out to the Woodburn family uh, as they go through these times. And although I did not know uh, Ken Woodburn personally, I know uh, a lot of you have. A lot of you can share a lot of your experiences. And, of course, we encourage you to call in uh, and share some of those experiences at 740 592 And I know Troy will be in the studio, I think, is trying to put something nice together Uh, As a montage of all the uh, great times that uh, Ken had called into the program, Uh, so look forward to that when Joy has that ready. Uh, But again, this is the Sportsman at 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. It was a busy weekend this past weekend. On Friday, uh, Trimble fell in the regional semifinals in Division Seven, Region 27, uh, to the Newark Catholic Green Wave. That was a 35-19 loss for Trimble. Turnovers bit him a little bit, and then of course, a big, big win for the Cincinnati Bengals as they uh, they beat the Titans. I mean, that was a 5-1 football team. That was a pretty good win for Cincinnati over Tennessee, and we'll talk about it, uh, of course, with Joey and Brad. But, folks, let's start first with the Trimble Tomcats on Friday. They had a remarkable season. Uh, they did almost everything that they could. Uh, turnovers, again, was the, the big issue for Trimble. Uh, they, they just could not...
2: You know, survive by turning the ball over that many times? Nah, absolutely not. It's tough when you get up into four or five turnovers uh, to win any football game. You know, and they showed a lot of resiliency in that second half. I mean, they got down 21 to six at halftime. It looked like they could have just rolled over and that uh, they could have just been outmatched. But they battled back, made it all the way down to to a two point game, I believe, 21-19. And then, you know, the turnover bug just started to kind of bite them again. And Newark Catholic, they did such a good job taking advantage and scoring off those turnovers. Something that doesn't really happen too much to the Trimble team they're usually the one that, that forces you to make the mistakes and then they capitalize off that and that's how they go on to beat teams like they do but they kind of you know got to taste their own medicine and it's been a newer catholic team that's had their number over the over the years in the playoffs and they still have not beaten them in school history so it's a bit of a sour taste to, to end the season you know you feel like had an undefeated number one seed so had a chance to make a, a run at it but they just ran into a really good team on friday night and Newark Catholic, that's, that's how they've,
3: they, they've won a majority of their games now entering this postseason. The week before against Danville, found a way to force a good amount of turnovers and then just simply capitalized on them, uh, kind of reading in just leading up to the Trimble game. They, they may have gotten those turnovers, but they capitalized, and that's what really good teams do, especially in the postseason. You have to, when given the chances, you have to execute. I know Joey and I kind of harped on that a lot in our postgame show, but when, when you turn over the ball, you just hope that you don't give up any points or give up a lot of time of possession. Well, Newark Catholic did exactly that. They were getting points. They were soaking up a lot of time. So they were given a lot of great chances, and they executed great on them.
1: Yeah, you know, and, and again, you got to tip your cap to Newark Catholic. They were the better team on Friday. Uh, again, a thirty-five to nineteen win. Uh, of course, looking forward to. I know all actually all three of us here will be going out calling some basketball games. Uh, as we get ready for Bulldog basketball, of course, right here on 970 WATH, and then uh, the Athens County game of the week, basketball edition, which will be
3: electric uh, this year. Will be yeah. a lot of energy coming yeah. <laughs> over on the FM station. Just be prepared. Yeah, but
1: that as as much as I'm looking forward to basketball, you know, it. I mean, football was was fun to call, fun to go out there and watch these guys grow. Uh, and, and I'll tell you what, I mean, Trumbull is going to come back, and they are going to be as strong as ever next year. You had an entire replacement of your offensive line you had a team that you know had some growing pains in the beginning but they got those big wins they got the win over eastern they were still you know undefeated in the tvc hawking uh you know, they they had a, a pretty remarkable season and you know what a loss to Newark catholic that's that's not the worst thing in the world obviously you want to cut down on the turnovers you want to you know capitalize on their mistakes but they didn't make a whole lot uh newer catholic did They uh, kicked the ball around a little bit too much and and it is what it is at this point. But, um, you know, that that future is very bright in Gloucester. That's kind of what Heath and I had said, you know, overall towards, that, towards the end of that broadcast.
2: Yeah, me and Brad talking about Oliver on the postgame show. This is one of those games that can be a motivator, you know, heading into the offseason when you're, you know, trying to max out on all your benches, when you're out there in the hot sun doing seven-on-sevens or, you know, your two-a-days and whatnot. You know, this is the game that you can harp on because this is the one team that has you know, what was going to be this main group of rising seniors here. It's going to be the one team that got the best of them. So the, you, this is going to be a good one to, to, you know, kind of keep in their minds and, you know, maybe they'll get a shot at them again next year in the postseason. But I, I, I feel bad for the TVC Hockey next year, man, because this team is going to be absolutely loaded and, you know, they're all coming back. Uh, it's very rare in high school you get multiple years with the same exact skill position group, but that's exactly what they're going to have next year. What I like the most out of this
3: Trimble team this season is is, yes, they advanced well in the postseason, which was which was great. But they won a lot of a tough games in the regular season, tough conference games, too. And when you have a, a younger team with some newer starters, just like Lackey, a quarterback, sometimes you fall in one, maybe two of those games. But they certainly did not this year. They showed the grittiness. They showed the toughness. And just to think that this team can only get stronger moving forward, they're going to be a wrecking ball come next fall.
1: Yeah, I- I- And just to think of, you know, how good Guffey's going to be, how good Downs is
3: going to be, how good Lackey's going to be. And the freshmen and sophomores that probably didn't get that much playing time, they're going to be coming up into the rotation.
1: Right. Right? And and I heard tremendous things about this, you know, the middle school team or the, uh, you know, the younger guys that are coming up. I mean, these – Trimble's not going anywhere anytime soon because what I'm hearing from, you know, Heath and what I'm hearing from from other guys is that youth team went, went undefeated. You know, that, that team is going to be pretty good, not only next year, when they have you know, the majority of their team coming back, but for years to come. So that will be exciting, and that will be fun to go out and follow for football. And it will be the 28th year for Phil Ferris coaching. Uh, do you guys remember how many wins they had in the postseason prior to, to Coach Ferris? Two. Two. I don't think it were wins.
2: Are were appearances. They're, they're, they did two not have a win, I don't think. They had two, I, they had two appearances, yeah. and I think they were both losses. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's an, that's ridiculous <laughs> that Phil fares what he's done with that program. And, and I like to say, yes, it happens at the high school level and all their success there, but it's about where it starts. And obviously, he probably, when he first took over and got – got the guys in high school ready. He immediately went down to that lower level. Not not the middle school, went even younger, the elementary school kids. Get, the, get little leagues going. Have them playing the other county schools because that's why Nelsonville, York, Athens, Trimble, that's why these teams are so competitive every year because they have the, that young foundation playing with each other in elementary school, then in middle school, now under the bright lights on Friday night, and finally as we work our way up, you'll just see that that tradition just continues to grow
1: and grow. Yeah, and that tradition's not going anywhere. I mean, I I was able to see uh, Cameron Kittle and uh, Connor Wright. Uh, They made their way into the stadium, and they were able to take in, you know, that regional semifinal game. And they get to go back and see what they helped to build, right? I mean, those guys, you know, were a a big part in Trimble's success. Obviously, Cameron Kittle right now, preferred walk-on over at Ohio State. I've seen a couple pictures float around, uh, you know, with him on the sidelines and, and the such. Um, you know, and, and Connor Wright, I'm sure, is doing some – I think he's playing football D2, D3 somewhere. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, but, you know, they're both involved with football, and they, they played a huge part in building that program. And I'm sure that they were smiling, seeing, you know, how well that this crew this year was doing, and it's going to be even better next year. Uh, and that, that's always the, the most exciting part at this point of the season. You know, Asked me a week ago, the most exciting part was that they're still in the postseason. Asked me that – you know, it, it's next year, that's the most exciting part. Uh, but, you know, it's it's been fun to watch them. It's been great to go out into the communities, you know, especially during the, the uh coronavirus and everything, uh to go out and bring you these games. Uh, you know, I'm sure Brad, you know, calling all those Athens games and, and working with, you know, the everybody involved with making that happen, uh, you and Frazy doing that and I know Heath and I always appreciated going to Nelsonville, York or going to Trimble or uh even Alexander um you know, that was. Uh, I always appreciate the work that the athletic directors were able to, uh, to do and, and accommodate us for those games because, obviously, it, it's not easy times. But, again, it, it's been fortunate for us to go out there, call those games, and, and bring you Southeast Ohio football uh, either on Southeast Ohio's number one hit music station, Power 105, or right here on the home of the Bulldogs and
3: a bunch of other uh, sports here, but 970-WATH. Certainly, it's, it's always a fun and pleasure broadcasting sports in this area and was just super thankful to just have sports in general and we just found out today the, the state final location just outside of Columbus, which I think is great. I know a lot of people when it moved back to Canton were a little frustrated just because of schools kind of uh, around here that would have to take that long trip all the way up to Canton. Well, that's kind of... Gone now, no matter where you are, location-wise, you're going to have a similar drive, I would think, unless you're uh, suburb right outside of Columbus. But other than that, a lot of teams, it's just going to be a two-, three-hour trip. So really good to see that the OHSAA pulled that off so we have some stability. And I know we have neutral sites for this upcoming weekend, too, which which is really good to see because that if will truly make it feel like playoff football.
1: They will have neutral sites if the, uh, the better seed decides to have neutral sites. Because right now in the regional finals, you still have, you know, if Trimble was the number one seed and they beat uh, Newark Catholic last week, they'd still be home in Gloucester. There's, there's no doubt in my mind that they'd be in Gloucester. But for the, re- the state semis and the state finals, yeah. they would be at, at neutral sites. And I think, uh, is, is everything at the state level happening at, at this uh, Fortress Obits yep. southeast side of Columbus? Yep. Is that? So the semifinals. And it's the later
3: weekend, too, I believe.
1: It is the, uh, yeah, Division One will play Friday, November 13th. Then divisions two through seven will have November twentieth through the twenty seconds.
3: So yeah, D one had I yeah. think less teams in the bracket. That's why that they're already ahead of schedule on and, everybody, anyways. and that helps to spread everything out. It does too. Yeah, it, it makes it really nice that that's how the OHSA kind of went after because yeah, D one's already in their final four. Which I don't know if that was planned because of COVID or just the amount of teams that decided to opt in or not. But yeah, it works out works out great. And based off the pictures I've seen of this facility outside of Columbus, looks like it's a really awesome facility. Um, good social distancing facility too. Appears to be a ton of room. So, and that's really good to see, especially because I, I know it's being used for the cross country state final too. So, whenever you build a big facility like that, you always just you want something going on there, so it's worth the actual cost of the build. And it certainly is going to pay off this year. Yeah, and whenever
1: again, like you said. Whenever you have something like that, it's nice. It, it would have been nice to, to go a little bit
2: closer than it would be to Canton, as you were talking about. Um, How much does a stadium hold? 8000 8, 8, I think. So what, it's still 15% capacity or whatever yep. then?
1: For it's, the, you know? it's a uh, Fortress Opens has an 8,000 seat grandstand that will be able to set up socially distancing with 1,500 total fans. Uh, so you got to split 1,500 in half, and what would that be? Seven, seven hundred fifty fans like for each that. side. That's still a good amount. Yeah, I mean that's not bad. You know that's not that's ideal, still, but right, better than nothing. And again, I mean obviously the OHSA would have rather have you know the Canton location. They would have had in our normal circumstances when you have the 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 basketball tournament finish out to its completion, and you have you know the the football tournament that's going on right now. Uh, In in all the other postseason tournaments, it brings the OHSAA some money, but you don't have those big-ticket items, and you don't have those neutral sites going on right now, so you're losing even more money if you're the OHSAA. So just to be able to find something and give kids a a neutral location to go and play, somewhere that it's centrally located, right in Columbus. Uh, So with everything that's going on, it's a nice job for the OHSAA to to find a place, get it neutral, and, and try to get as many fans in the, uh, in the stadium as possible. So that's, it's a huge plus for them. Um, and hopefully, you know, maybe next year they, they get Canton back open, right? Maybe they get you know, different locations and, you know, we're not going regional semifinals at home, regional finals at home, as nice as that is, you know, to, to have the home field advantage. Uh, but I don't know. What do you, what do you, what do you guys think? Should you have, next year set it up like this or would you prefer to
3: go neutral site locations as it has been in the past personally i I think you have to go neutral and i say it just based on a fan's perspective because normally when you get to these regional semis regional finals you have a lot more fans that want to go to the game rather than like a a week two matchup or week three that's a conference game but doesn't matter as much when these games matter so much more it's kind of dopped right in the middle of where the two teams are playing you're able to go to these facilities with, with bigger attendance, as much as we love to go to Gloucester Memorial, if this was a full-capacity game, Newark Catholics fans would probably be a little bit disappointed because they wouldn't be able to show as much support as, say, the Trimble um, fans w- were able to show. So uh, if you're looking at it in that aspect, like, well, that's just a part of home field advantage, I-, I somewhat understand, but I'm always a proponent. I want more people at the game. I want more energy around the football field.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, I'm not opposed to the whole uh, continuing to play home games all the way through because I think it makes it makes regular season that much more important, for one. And for two, you know, if you're going to be rewarded that, you're going to make a tough schedule that way when the computer points come out. If you beat the best teams, you're going to get a higher seat. But I do understand Brad's point, too. I mean, do fill in more people there. You, uh, you get to play on a turf field. I mean, some of these teams play – you know, even the best teams play on some fields that grass fields that by the end of the year, if they're playing four, uh, 12, 13 games on, they're just going to be pretty crappy by the end of the season. Uh, so it I makes sense. Uh, I do like the uh, the kind of home field throughout, though, just because it, it, if you're a top seed, you should get to play at home. It should be an option. But I do understand the other side of the argument, too. All right, I mean, it's maybe a, a neutral set might be more fair in
1: terms of travel. Maybe it might be, you know, instead of, I don't know who would get concession prices, who would get tech, uh, ticket prices. I think uh, whoever hosts that site would get uh, concessions. Tickets go to uh, OHSAA. OHSAA. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they they work that around. Obviously, this year, I don't know if there were ticket prices went to the OHSAA at the better seated teams, or if yeah, you know, obviously concessions would still go to to Gloucester Memorial. And I'll tell you what, I mean, the people who put the work in on the field at Gloucester Memorial did a phenomenal job all year. I mean, Heath has praised you know the the whole formation of that field, uh, that whole stadium, the transformation of it, and even you driving back, you said that's that's one of the best conditions that he's seen Gloucester Memorial in. So even though you had five six home games this year over in Gloucester, that field still looked pretty pretty good, even though uh, you were still running all over the place on it. Um, But yeah, it's nice to go to turf field. It's nice to you know, make people travel to you, but I guess in fairness, and in, it, it, it's not going to be the expanded playoffs next year. I think that the playoffs are expanded, but I don't think that it's up to, uh, they're not going to go, everybody's in this year. I, I think I saw somewhere that the OHSA playoffs, Brad, you can correct me or Joey, um, but I, I I thought I saw that in there. Uh, that they're going to expand the postseason next year. Uh,
3: maybe. I don't yeah, know. I think they're going to do an extra week. I would not worth do. Of playoffs, but that came out before COVID happened. Right. So, yeah, there's going to be another week, just some more teams. But there, I there's no reason to do the whole opt-in scenario because, ha, let's be honest here, having only a six-week regular season, to me, wasn't really that fun. You rarely got to see some of those exciting non-conference matchups that you normally get to see and. And only six weeks of a regular season. I know some other teams, even if they lost in the playoffs or opted out, got to play those extra games. But that's still uncertainty there. It's really, it's really great to just see a, a season go along. Week one, so exciting. You normally play a rival or whatever it is. That first feeling. Then middle of the season, you start figuring out your playoff situation, conference seedings. And then week ten, you have your senior nights. Normally, your week ten rivalries, which makes it even better. So it's always nice to have that stability, but we need to go back to 10 weeks. Right.
2: Also, uh, don't put everybody in. The first week of playoff game was just terrible <laughs> this year. There yeah. were so many yeah. blowouts. There were like so was just, few yeah. upsets. Yeah. Unless You're Miami in, yeah. Miami and Chillicothe. But you keep bringing that yeah. up, but Chillicothe had like 18 players.
3: <laughs> uh, was there anything else that, that was an upset, I guess? Well, and, we, and you couple, have to think week but, one of the playoffs this year were teams that for, the – barely would have made it in a normal regular season there were just two teams waiting to see who got their ticket to the slaughterhouse right it was kind of like when um uh, it was between oklahoma and i forget whoever was going to play lsu round one of the college football playoff it's like congrats go ahead and go lose by 50 but at least you get a free vacation out of it so it, it the week one games, although they might have been kind of competitive in some areas, it's just it's a lot really worth it. A lot of them were really because just blowouts. And yeah, and look at Western Brown and Athens. Western oh Brown dominated Athens. And that was, what, 15 I mean, versus 18? Yeah, and what was the next week? They got they got mauled by Bishop Hartley, so yeah. it's like,
2: is it even worth them being there? The new Lexington Panthers won a playoff game, first time ever. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, here's a prize, Ironton. Yeah. 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 Merry Christmas.
1: Yeah. Yeah, go go have fun with Ironton or go have fun with uh, Bishop Hartley. Um, But I I was able to pull it up. The OHSA Board of Directors passed a motion to increase the number of teams that qualify for playoffs in each region from 8 to 12 in 2021. Mm -hmm. Uh, Specific specific details for tournament regulations will be forthcoming. The regular season will still be 10 games and start the week of August 16th. Uh, Teams 1 through 4 in the Harbin ratings will receive a bye week 11, Teams 5 through 8 will host Week 11, and teams 1 through 4 will host Week 12. Uh, so there you go. There's a up-to-date information about you know the updated postseason next year, and I think that benefits, obviously, a lot of people here down in southeast Ohio. We might be able to see Waterford make the postseason again, Eastern make the postseason. I'm not sure what those teams bring back because I think they had a lot of seniors. Uh, but, obviously, Trimble will make it. Obviously,
2: yeah, you know, I mean— Nelsonville, York. Hopefully, we'll make it. Yeah, I mean that would be good for us for sure, for coverage-wise, because we get a lot of teams on the fringe of you know that that kind of nine to 13, thirteen, fourteen type of range. Who you know they're never got a shot at making it, but you expanded to twelve. It's better for Athens teams. too.
3: Yeah, for all the Athens fans out there that uh, Athens more times than not finds themselves on the fringe because of maybe one or not two tough non-conference losses, and then just just the TVC Ohio just not being as as ranked well as other Division III schools, um, you can see Athens definitely sneaking a lot more in the playoffs uh, coming forward in the future because of this new rule. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. You expand a little bit, you get more
1: people a chance. It's obviously not everybody makes it. You're not going to get a, a 22 seed Please versus no. a Bring it all, baby. Oh, North man.
3: Royalton, 0 6, 22 seed won the first two playoff games. Mm-hmm. Were, were those the first two in, in postseason history for them? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. But after week five, their head coach said they had completely hit rock bottom. <laughs> so I guess they, they definitely bounced off that bottom then yeah,
1: in week seven and eight. Whenever you get that, that's obviously a nice sign. Uh, we we still got a weekend to recap here, uh, talk a little bit about Trimble. And, of course, our phone lines are still open at 7405926646. Got to take a short break. Cincinnati Bengals. And, of course, uh, more football talk on the way, as this is the Sportsman on 970 and 97.1 FM,
0: WATH.
3: At Ohio Health, we'd like to remind you that even in the face of a pandemic, other health issues don't just go away. Every 40 seconds, someone still has a heart attack. A stroke won't just hold off until all this is over. And knowing the signs and risk factors for both is as important as ever. It's time to take back your health safely. And like always, Ohio Health is here to help you do it. Visit ohiohealth.com to find
0: out more.
1: Hi, it's Randy and Boots from the Auto Smarts Radio Network. And why should you listen to our show on this station? Well, Boots is a man of many talents and has knowledge you won't believe. Just listen. Hey, Boots, what's your favorite thing to talk about? Cars. Rick Kasich was the lead singer of what band? The cars. What was Gary Newman's biggest selling song? Cars. Who was the all-time leading scorer in Notre Dame basketball history?
0: Car. That's right, Austin Carr. Anything you'd like to add? Cars, cars, cars. 57 Chevy. <laughs> That's Auto cars. Smarts. Friday afternoons at 106 on 970 oh, WATH oh, and 97.1 oh, oh, oh. FM. That's 57 Chevy. Cars, cars, cars. On the Ohio Supreme Court, we need justices who are experienced and independent, fair to working people. And that's Judge John O'Donnell. He's rated as excellent by the legal associations for his impartiality and expertise. O'Donnell already has 16 years as a judge. And presided over thousands of criminal and civil cases, always ruling fairly. Judge O'Donnell is also a family man. He's always
3: been tough on anyone assaulting a woman or abusing a child.
0: Judge O'Donnell believed the courts are no place for politics or special interest money.
3: His priority will be making
0: sure working people get a fair shake. And being fearless to do what's right in the face of pressure from special interests because the stakes have never been higher. Judge O'Donnell is experienced, fair, and impartial. And an independent voice for the people. Judge O'Donnell believes for the first time in 30 years, it's time for the Ohio Supreme Court to truly be
2: the People's Court.
0: Because it matters. Paid for by Judge O'Donnell is
2: for justice. This is Ken Ryan. I'm Ryan for probate and juvenile judge of Athens County. Since 1992, I've served Athens County in many ways. I've been a public school teacher for 12 years, government official and attorney for children, the elderly and mentally ill. I've represented 115 children in juvenile court alone. After 28 years of service and more than a thousand cases in probate and juvenile court, I've developed a level of experience that is unmatched in this race. Cast your vote for the experience choice. Paid for by Ken Ryan for judge.
3: In today's world, the- The last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all
1: brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer. Call Athens Cell
0: Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan.
1: And hey, welcome back inside to the Sports Fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. Mills and Mike alongside Joe Midor and Brad Walker up until 7 o'clock today. It's the Sports Fan presented by j and Contracting. And, uh, was, again, big weekend, big day on Sunday. Joe Burrow looked every much of the number one overall pick. He helped beat the five and one Tennessee Titans, a, a team that was been rolling a team that had a talented running back in Henry and a pretty good quarterback in Ryan Tannehill. It's funny how that happens. You know, Tannehill was not good down in Miami, but Well, Adam he, Gase was his coach. Exactly. So. As soon as he left Adam Gase, he becomes a star over in Tennessee. But now, uh, you know,
3: obviously, he, I thought you were going to work in a Gays and Jets reference there. Talk about one of your fave teams, Connor. Do you do- I was really looking forward to that. How did you not get the reference
1: right there? What else would I imagine? Why yeah. else would I say that he That's left? That's true. Uh, and, and I had a, I think Trevor was going to call in. I told him to call in and ask me this question. Uh, but oh, I, here we go. I told him, you know, he asked me through Twitter. And he goes, you know, why are you a Jets fan after my Kansas City Chiefs did that to the Jets. Well, it was like 30-something to nine. And you know, I'm like, listen, call into the show. You ask me. No one cares. They stink. Exactly. Back to
2: the Bengals, a yeah. winning team on Sunday. Exactly. Make <laughs> yeah, sure you nope. add on Sunday on that.
1: <laughs> Nobody cares about
3: the Jets until Trevor Lawrence gets drafted by it. Eh, he's going to the Giants. He's going back to school. Think? <laughs> he is not going back to school. They Clemson let him Man. get the virus. He's out. Yeah. Well,
1: I, I'm interested to see how Notre Dame and Clemson go. Uh, But as for the Bengals and for Tennessee, uh, second win of the year for Cincinnati. They matched last year's overall total. uh, So that's a a big congratulations to Zach Taylor. He has met his total win total from just a season ago.
2: I almost wish uh, we we need some still. Still, none of those <laughs> victories are a road win, no. but it is a good win to look at at the end of the season. They have three not losses.
1: Well, did you guys do like a golf clap or was those actual claps? I would have given them like a golf clap.
2: Ah, uh, you know.
3: We, we, got, we put our hands really close to the microphone, so it may have sounded louder. <laughs> they, beat than...
1: a, they beat a really good football team. That's, that's they all that
2: matters. Uh, and
1: it was a complete game, too. I mean, you had the offense who was rolling, and you had the defense actually come up and make some big stops. I mean. Complete, complimentary football, which is what they've been missing all season long.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure quite what the Titans' uh, game plan was yesterday. They ended up throwing more than running, and that should never be the case with Derrick Henry on your team. Well, Cincinnati was up most of the time. Yeah, I mean, they fell behind, but still, that guy, the offense runs through him. And you saw in that game when they had to just rely on Tannehill. And let's be honest, Tannehill's success has a lot to do with Derrick Henry averaging, you know, four yards a carry, uh, always falling forward. Every play is second and three, and then he can throw a play-action bomb to A.J. Brown down the field. That wasn't the case yesterday, and he looked very average. He padded the stats a little bit in that fourth quarter. But the Bengals' defense, once again, opportunistic, taking turnovers when they came to him. And, you know, one thing Burrow's been great at this year is when the defense does force a turnover, they very often turn it into points, and they did it again yesterday. I'm a happy T. Higgins owner on my fantasy team right now. He's been great the past few weeks, you know uh burrow's been great spreading the ball around to different guys boys been getting involved he got on and tate involved yesterday as well uh they just use so many guys on the offense this is a this is an above average offense when it comes to the weapons they have obviously the o-line is struggling and that's another thing missing all those o-linemen joe Mixon's out and just for them to come out and perform that way uh it shows a lot and maybe it could be one of those games that you know maybe turns a bit of a corner for them i mean they still have a lot of issues uh And, you know, they're not going to be able to just sell out to try to stop the run and then make Tannehill throw every week. Uh, But a good victory for Zach Taylor, especially, you know, I think this one takes him off the hot seat a little bit that some were kind of starting to throw him on there. Uh, Because had they blown that game yesterday, I think it would have been um, pretty certain that he would have been out by the end of the season. But he did not, and uh, they held on to the win, gave a couple touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but it was no big deal. The game was already uh, well in hand. So... Hats off to Zach Taylor and the Bengals and Burrow had another great game and, you know, just continues that on to what looks like is going to be a rookie of the year season for him. Yeah, and uh, not to cut you off, Brad, but I, I just wanted to, Yeah, you know,
1: this offense has been pretty good. And, I mean, you've probably seen Andy Dalton more than I have. Uh, you know, you, you followed this division, or maybe even Joey. Uh, but still, I thought that the issue on this team was not you know, the the quarter obviously they needed a new quarterback, they needed a younger quarterback, and they have the, the franchise quarterback uh in Joe Burrow. But I thought that Andy Dalton had still enough left in him, uh, to still, you know, be successful in Cincinnati and still lead this team. Obviously we're gonna have to get a, a franchise quarterback somewhere down the line, but I didn't think that was the most pressing issue last year. But I have been more than impressed with what Joe has done with this team. He's transformed that offense and they have looked bigger and better than ever. Um, it And it even goes to show when, when Dalton had a chance uh, with the Cowboys, you know, he, he really didn't shine at all. I mean, you, you saw what Dak Prescott could do, and then you saw what Andy Dalton was doing. Uh, you know, Dalton has fallen off a cliff, and, and it, it's just a testament to show how much better that Joe is uh, right now and, and how he has been able to lead that team uh, to a, a big win over Tennessee.
3: Well, they just they they had a, a ton of belief in Joe, and, Andy Dalton just was simply underperforming in his last few seasons and went to Dallas to to try – went to a team where he knew he wouldn't probably have to play, and, well – he now has to play, unfortunately, with the injury to Dak. But I think well, I when mean,
1: he got injured too, I mean, did
3: he you did, see? yeah, a concussion. Yeah, he knocked yeah, he his head off. off. Yeah, Danucci's the quarterback, in Dallas. That's a did you see the did you see the south. under
2: the uh, the submarine? Yeah, he throw was whipping. He had line. two or three of those
3: things. <laughs> he was just heading to the sideline and trying to act like a submarine pitcher, which yeah, was right. great. But going back to the what Bengals, thrown it to? I don't know who is. Mm-hmm. The guy um, was out of bounds. Yeah, he tried his best. That's that's uh, James Madison, James Madison University pride right there
2: but the great b- football program,
3: but the there. Bengals, you know, I, I was one, I'm kind of like Yukon. I figured they'd hold on to Andy Dalton, at least for this season, kind of do what Miami did, uh, let Dalton be the starter at the beginning of the season and then work Joe in. But knowing the kind of person that Joe is, why not just throw all of your belief in him from the get-go and watch him thrive? Because we've, we saw it at LSU. We've definitely saw it um, when he was, went to Athens and now he's just performing really well. And, I really thought this Bengals team at the beginning of the season was a team that was going to win four, maybe five games. That's just kind of how they're built. They have have enough weapons, but not enough. And in the areas they're bad, they're just really bad. So they're going to win a couple games like this. I said they're going to beat one or two really quality opponents. And then the opponents that they have a good chance with, they'll squeak out a couple of victories there. So... Um, another win for the Bengals, I think either two or three more in the future, especially with the way this division's going. Um, they've already been swept by Cleveland, so I'm going to make sure I threw that in there. Um, but I think the Bengals' future is, is definitely bright. And if I were them right now before the trade deadline, try to rack up your picks from some of these teams that don't need the draft picks, that are already up fighting for a playoff spot, fighting for the division title, or heck, even trying to do that final uh, move to get them into the Super Bowl. This is where they can execute greatly right now.
1: Yeah, and it's something where you just keep on building off their success and what they did against Tennessee. Maybe Zach Taylor is the right guy. I said give him the year. And if he wins any of these big games, you know, in the middle of the week, then maybe he deserves more of a look. But as of this point, you know, the defense had fallen apart in the fourth quarter. Then you had, you know, a bunch of other issues come up where he, where he thought it might be a coaching issue or what have you. But now they they seem to corrected those issues and they seem to they, again it's a well big it's win. one game kind we're it's not going to turn right. around
2: and have to see a playoff run it's, here no they I'm, have and, a, and I'm not expecting good. a playoff run
1: you know but I'm saying <laughs> mathematically he he did the right the coaching staff coached a good game Joe went out there played a good game everybody did their job to come away with a win and you do that you got a lot of excitement over in Cincinnati yeah uh, and I was trying to pull up the PFP rankings to uh, yeah P PFF. Pro football focus. And I was, I guess it's behind a paywall or something, but somebody had said out there that the best quarterback right now in the AFC North due to the rankings on their rankings is Joe Burrow. That means he's over Ben Roethlisberger. He is over Lamar Jackson, who was the MVP last year. And he's over Baker Mayfield, which obviously Mayfield's only good game this year came against Cincinnati just a week before, but it's, it's,
3: Feeling real dangerous yeah, in it, the northern part of the state right now, especially after this, our butt on yesterday. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that. <laughs> we will
1: get to that. Uh, but I mean, here's the rookie outperforming an MVP, a Super Bowl winner, and a, a number one overall draft pick, and a fellow Heisman winner in, in Baker Mayfield.
3: Like that's that's pretty impressive from from the Cincinnati rookie. And I, you know, I don't really understand the whole Heisman former Heisman winner bringing it to the NFL because of how many times it actually relates, I would say, to, to really solid players. I mean, I know Lamar's won a Heisman. Obviously, Baker did. But look, like Mark Ingram won a Heisman, and he's not been an NF MVP caliber player. He's kind of on the cusp maybe the last few years of a first-team um, all-NFL. But so rarely does that translate over. And I would say that, Joe, is, is certainly second or third. Uh, I think Lamar is the clear-cut best quarterback right now just out of a respect issue. Because you pick a quarterback in, in, in the North, who would you rather go against? And personally, I'd be more dangerous with Lamar. He's been in the league longer. understands defenses a little bit better. But I think Joe and Ben Roethlisberger compete really well with each other. And I will swallow my pride and say that Baker Mayfield is the worst quarterback in the division right now. Not the worst in the NFL. I still think he's a middle-tier quarterback. But out of all the North quarterbacks, he's definitely number four.
2: Yeah, I mean it's one of the best divisions in the league right now. It looks like they could be well on their way to having three double-digit teams, uh, three teams with double-digit wins. I should say uh, it's a good time for the bye for the Bengals as well. I mean we see they're a little banged up this week, missing all the linemen, missing Mixon and all these other guys, so they get a chance to rest up and then come back on the other side. I know down the road here they got some pretty easy games coming up with the Giants and the, you know Washington, and they play uh, uh, the two-led Dolphins, who uh, seem to be a little on the rise right now. They're uh, they're battling. Battle with the Bills for the top of the uh AFC East. But uh yeah, I mean, you gotta look at a game like yesterday. Uh not a lot of rookies go in and play against a team. Coming off a loss, mind you, Tennessee just lost to Pittsburgh who's undefeated still after yesterday. And uh, you know, you knew you you knew Mike Vrabel was gonna have his team uh thirsty for a win after, you know, they missed a game time field goal at the end of that uh Pittsburgh game and they came in and they dominated them for three quarters. I mean, a couple, you know, fourth quarter touchdowns made it look a little closer than it actually was. But the the Bengals were in firm control of, of that ball game. Played a complete game, and that's what it takes to
3: win. We saw it against the Colts that they kind of they, they started out really hot, and then the kind of the wheels just kind of fell off a little bit. And as far as last week goes, the score I think emulated that game almost perfectly. The Browns are just just overall the better team. That's why they were able to pull it out late in the game. And also, Joe carved up with the Browns defense. If we have a lot of Browns critics out there, then the Browns defense might be one of the worst in the league at the moment. Um, and then as far as this week goes, uh, again, just coming out, carving up defenses, and you have to play well for all four quarters, and they did. Yeah, and, I mean, you mentioned the, uh, the
1: Dolphins, right, in, in earlier on. Uh, Joe did phenomenal. Yeah, the rookie quarterback that's out there, not Herbert, uh, not Joe, but uh, Tua Tagovailoa. Tua went 12-22 of 22 for 93 yards and a touchdown. Um, I mean, it's, it's his starting debut. You know, he didn't throw uh, any interceptions, which is nice to see. No turnovers. Uh, but 12-22, for 50% completion. Um, you know, we're just about. Right, so you want to do that math yeah. again? Well, I'm, all right, so he missed 10 passes, right? So that's uh, a little, it's a hair above uh, 50%. Just a hair it's about 52 there. So all right, so 5150 either way. Tackling below under 100 yards though, uh, against the uh you know, the Rams um you know, we'll, we'll see what he his career does. You know, we'll see he hasn't played a whole lot over the last you know, couple couple months but um always positive it, it seems like I don't want to go ahead and, and say rookie of the year but you know Herbert Burrow and uh maybe uh Jefferson or Clyde Edwards-Elgar You know, a lot of LSU guys in that mix.
2: Yeah, I think it's up
3: to Herbert or Burrow that's going to win that award. Normally is. Normally rookie of the years, that's kind of what it goes to. The guy, the quarterback that performs the best that actually started for a good amount of time. And I think Joe is just the clear-cut favorite because you look at his contribution. This team is probably a winless team without him. Maybe if they would have kept Andy, maybe. I think they would just be in a similar situation, if not worse but Joe has truly given the Bengals a fighting chance in a lot of their games.
2: Yeah, I would say Herbert's only chance to beat him out would be if the Chargers were winning, but they're not. And they blew like a 23 score lead yesterday. So, uh, you know, they're both guys just a couple wins, and they're both putting up similar stats. Of course, Joe has an extra start on him because, man, they took away that. We should have Burrow versus Herbert week one, but freaking had to start Tyrod Taylor, who never does anything. Poor Tyrod Taylor, man. Uh, His last two and-
3: teams, he. Goes to the Browns, supposed to be the starter for a year, gets hurt, and then fortunately,
2: got Brad, We a all lung know why culture. they didn't put him back in. He's not good.
3: Well, yeah, but it's <laughs> Cleveland also. Yeah, that's a rational decision. And we had Hugh Jackson at that home, who didn't even know how to win a football game. Stefanski won more games than, in like three or four weeks than Hugh Jackson did in like two and a half years. So, <laughs> And plus, you never really want to see it. But
1: th- this, again, with Taylor. Poor Guy got punctured in the lung, and <laughs> the doctor was trying to help him, and he, he got hit with the lung. Like, the, the doctor took him out of this game, and that's how Herbert uh came into yeah. you know, being the
2: starting quarterback. I mean, I'm surprised there's not some conspiracies being thrown around about that one. I, <laughs> I,
1: I, and we talked about it weeks ago. I mean, this is not new information, but uh, Tyler Taylor just could not catch a break, you know. He, <laughs>
3: <laughs> Why would you even try to sign with teams that, like, have a sh- shot at getting a quarterback for their future? If I'm him at this point, I'm going to, to like, Baltimore or Dallas if Andy Dalton leaves, maybe Seattle. Seattle would be a great fit. I'd love to play for Seattle. Anyway, be a nice backup. That'd yeah. be huge.
1: Anywhere where you have a doctor that's between the ages of, I'd say, 30 to about 60, has steady hands, and has, you know, not punctured any lungs, uh, within his whole medical career. That, that's probably a place... Sometimes you would hit the go. wrong
2: spot, you know what I mean? It just happens. Yeah, like, you didn't yeah. play enough
1: Operation growing up as a kid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but this time you don't get the buzzer sound. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. you just get a
1: <laughs> dying human. Yeah, you get a... <gasps> oh, man. Uh, you can't have... <laughs> you, know, it's, you can't play life like that. You, you can't, there's no buzzer to keep
3: you from hitting the edges, you know? That's uh, you, why you go to school for 10 years and not do that, and well... Sometimes you swing and you miss. I, Literally. I, I,
1: again, I, I don't even know the guy, but I feel bad for the guy. I mean, he, he's got to go through recovery. <laughs> again, it it's terrible. It is terrible. We Woke take
2: up another... with two lungs, went to bed with one. <laughs>
1: it's, and it's yeah.
2: by none of his doing.
1: No. Uh, but Herbert has looked pretty good. Joe obviously has looked pretty good. They're going into the bye week. And then on the 15th, that game is now at 435, 425 for a start. Uh, 425 between the Bengals and the 7 0 Steelers. Um, so that, that game got flexed. That game should be entertaining to watch, and we'll see what happens. Uh, but Bengals of the bye week, we'll talk a little bit about the Browns coming up next. We'll be right back. It's the sports fan on 970
0: 97.1 FM, WATH. This is a Potter's Field. When people can't pay for their funerals, they are buried here. It is a lonely, desolate place, littered with unmarked headstones. No one visits no one leaves flowers but it doesn't have to be that way for as low as one dollar a day you can ensure your family will have the money to pay your funeral expenses we offer burial insurance plans that pay up to thirty thousand dollars considering the average funeral costs more than ten thousand dollars that's peace of mind for your family there are no medical exams your rates won't increase and your policy cannot be canceled as long as you make your premium payments Call now to get approved in minutes and ensure your final resting place is more than just a pauper's grave in a potter's field. 800-323-0633. 800-323-0633. 800-323-0633. That's 800-323-0633. Paid for by Final Expense Direct. In rural communities like ours, we look out for each other. We work hard and don't expect much in return. Just a fair shot. But right now, we're facing challenges like never before. Unemployment is high. Jobs still get shipped overseas. This pandemic rages on. Joe Biden knows the challenges we face here are unique. That's why he'll be laser-focused on helping us recover. My plan will help create new, good-paying jobs. in manufacturing, and innovation. Create them right here in the United States of America. So the future is made in America. And under Joe's plan, anyone making less than $400,000 won't pay a penny more in taxes. And big corporations will pay their fair share for a change. Because Joe knows America's greatest economic engine isn't Wall Street. It's small towns like ours. And that's who he's fighting for every day. I'm Joe Biden, candidate for president. And I approve this message. Paid for by Biden for president.
2: Where do you plan on watching the Athens legend and Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow and the Bengals play? Why not come to Brony's Bar and Grill located at the corner of Court Street and Carpenter Street in Athens? We have 13 TVs, a great food selection including the best wings in Athens, cold drinks, awesome daily specials, and a nice patio with a cool breeze. Catch Joe and the Bengals at Brony's Bar and Grill.
1: Keep it here for election coverage on a station that is first with news in southeast Ohio, 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. Starting at 7 o'clock on Tuesday, stay up to date with all your election news from CBS News, the Ohio News Network, and locally with their own news director, River Chalker. CBS will follow the national stories, including the presidential election. ONN has you covered for election coverage around the state of Ohio. And River Chalker has your updates of local interest. Join us at 7 o'clock for the information that matters to you.
0: Local teams, local opinions—the sports fan on 970 WATH. And
1: welcome back into the sports fan right here on the 970s of WATH 97.1 FM and 970 AM. Still WATH the same way. Mills in the mic along with Joe Medor and Brad Walker. 6:52. We got about eight minutes remaining in our sports program. About now. Uh, we'll call it seven minutes as the clock changes now to 53. But it is a sports presented by J&K Contracting. And guys, we talked a lot about the Bengals. We talked a lot about the uh, you know, Tom Katz and even the punctured lung of Tyroid Taylor, uh, unfortunately. But uh, for the Browns, you know, that was a tough game to go and watch. Brad, which, which game were you watching this weekend? Did you go? Was it this weekend that you went up and saw a, a Cincinnati game or was it last weekend?
3: Last week for the Browns-Bengals okay. game.
1: All right, so you, you, got the, you got to see the pretty good game then for, for the Browns. You saw them, oh, yeah. Yeah, you saw them score more than six points.
3: Yeah, saw a touchdown, which was nice. Um, got so, to see us look like a confident football team. But, you know, you know what I loved about Sunday? Probably the best overarching fact is awful weather conditions, snow, wind, all that fun stuff. And we got beat by a team from Las Vegas that plays in a dome.
1: Unacceptable, Cleveland. Unacceptable. I mean, your your expectations for this team are set
3: way too. This is like the, the Raiders. The, the Raiders, one of the top tier teams in the NFL. No, I think it's a winnable game. That I think we're going to dominate. No. But our defense, our defensive coordinator, just loved to just forget about the fact that they were running it down our throats, did not try to stack the box at, our, at all. And it's just embarrassing. I'm not worried. Oh. We're still going to make the playoffs. You
1: out there playing for this team here, Brad? I mean, this is a very uh, collective we for. For the Browns,
3: so, yeah, I well, get the you're... Browns. I yes. apologize that I use improper words because you know I'm sure you've never used improper words before. Uh, uh,
1: define
2: improper. No one uses we for the Jets. Yeah, nobody no, no. no anyway, wants to associate. Connor says with them. The Jets. What I'm just, what I'm glad about yesterday's game is that I won't. Hopefully, I'm sure there'll still be a couple, but I wanted to see any moron try to tell me that Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> doesn't make a difference on the Browns' offense anymore because you same. saw what that was yesterday and it was quite atrocious so and
3: here's the hierarchy with Odell and this whole so everyone except Cleveland fans management players just want to push this narrative that Odell doesn't want to be there and the Browns don't want him when that's just really not true like you have a, one of the best receivers in the league if not just athletes in general I mean look at the play he had against Dallas where he just ran by everyone having that talent on a team is so big and realistically. When you look at the Browns and what happened on Sunday, Miles Garrett played less than 50% of the snaps. The defense line is the only uh, little duct tape holding that defense together, so that got completely shattered when Miles Garrett was unable to play. On the offensive side, one of our, our starting right guards who played the beginning part of the season really well has been hurt. You don't have your starting tight end, and your starting running back who was the rushing leader a year ago. So there was a lot of factors that went into this loss. It was just the way it happened was really frustrating.
1: Yeah. 16 to 6. And you also lose uh, Miles Garrett. Uh, but he did not. The, the positive news is he did not suffer any structural damage to his knee. And he is expected to play next week uh, where there's next game. But you guys have a, uh, the, I guess the next week would be the Texans. Bye week and then, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, they got Ohio all on a bye week next week. Yeah. It appears to be that way. I guess I, I wouldn't have scheduled it that way. I might have gotten, I, I don't know. Either way, they're having a season. It's still good. I
2: think, I think the problem uh, that I would start to get a little frustrated with is, yes, Nick Chubb is out, but you have Kareem Hunt, who's also, you know, one of the, one of the top-tier backs in the league. And Kevin Stefanski is supposed to be this guy that is able to draw up run designs that always work. Because when Dalvin Cook went down to Minnesota, they still ran the ball down teams' throats with whatever backup they wanted to throw in there. They aren't running the ball with near as much success as they were earlier on this season. And if I was a Cleveland Browns fan, like the guy to my left, I'd be a little worried about that because I think we've seen at this point Unless they play the Bengals, Baker can't drop back 40 times and and just rip the team to shreds if he needs to. And of course, it was some tough weather yesterday and all that. But you're an NFL quarterback; you got to deal with it. And uh, so I, I just think it'd be a little bit concerning, and they got they got to figure this run game out over this bye week coming up here.
3: Yeah, you know they they really do it, and I agree with you that on Joey. But there's the problem with the Browns is when we started out really hot, everyone recognized that that's what we were doing. We were pounding it down people's throats. We had two two really electric backs, and that's two guys that the teams were able to study but now we just have one so if they can just kind of figure out kareem's tendencies to go along with what the offensive line doing that that just makes it so much easier on a defense but the number one problem right now for cleveland is the offense is never on the field it's like they decide to take a vacation every game and i don't understand like joey just said why we don't run the ball try to run out that time possession because the Raiders had almost double our time of possession. Same thing happened last week until that final drive where we kind of got some of that time of possession back. But it, it's it, you cannot win in the NFL if your defense is out there getting bruised and battered, especially a poor defense that is Cleveland. And when you don't have a guy like Miles Garrett, you're just going to straight up struggle. And that's what happened with the Browns um, yesterday. I'm not worried though after the bye week. Super uh, winnable schedule. I have already penciled in three losses, maybe even four. I'm still hoping nine and seven wild card. Oh, you're a Browns fan. You already penciled in losses? Well, did you not see how we played against the Steelers and Ravens first go around? <laughs> <All> <laughs> right. All, my only hope is the Steelers keep winning. And by week 17, that game does not matter. And then the Steelers have to play their third strings and Duck Hodges comes back in. And the Browns might squeak out a win against that. What do you got
2: against Duck Hodges? Um, he's not good. Yeah, he's got a cool name though. <laughs> Connor heard that they won a couple of games with that quarterback last year. Like, man, this guy must have been the <laughs> star of the show, huh? <laughs> no, he's. He, I compared just, to Big Ben, no. not even close.
1: I just like the name. I mean, that's a that's a quarterback's name right there, Duck Hodges. I like name, Gardner Minshew and name all of is Devlin, his tactics. His name's Devlin. It doesn't. All uh, right, uh, never mind that. <laughs> Ducks a nickname. I, I retract my statement. Oh, man. <laughs> Stumble into the finish is Mills. <laughs> anyway, appreciate you guys listening to the sports fan right here on the 97s at WATH. i Brad Walker and Joy Medora. This is Connor Mills signing off. CBS News is next at the top of the hour, and be sure to stay tuned to election coverage coming up tomorrow at 7 o'clock. CBS, ONN, and River Chalker will have you covered for election coverage starting at 7 tomorrow.